This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Yo, okay, so I'm still in Malibu. I'm moving up the hill. I'm in a very unique area right now. I, I'm amazed it's Malibu. It's chilly. It almost feels like it's Idaho. And the last place we've hung out, uh, who yeah. I'm here with, is Bobby Williams. Was in Idaho. And real quickly about Bobby Williams, I think of Bobby as a um, as close to a real-life superhero as they come. Wow. I like that. <laughs> superhero. Yeah. And in actuality, uh, you've done Hollywood. You're a Hollywood stuntman, correct? Thirty years. Okay, and you, thirty-one years. Two thousand nineteen. Come on. <laughs> and you're a wrestler. Yeah, went to the Olympic trials in nineteen ninety-two. Been wrestling since I was a little kid. Love it. Nice. And you are Iowa, a climber. Iowa. Got to say it. Wrestled for the Hawkeye Club. People love that. People are into wrestling. They're just like, what? You wrestle with Dan uh, so Gable? Some people are going crazy right now. Yeah, yeah. Dan Gable is my coach, everybody. Hello, Dan. He's, Hello, he's Dan. He's down as the legend, as the best wrestler ever. Pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. He went to the Olympics in 1972. Nobody, not one opponent, scored one point on him. He shut everybody out. That's pretty hard to do. Wow. Okay. Yeah, the wrestling rabbit trail exists for us to go up. And you're a climber. Yeah. I'm a climber, and uh, I was going to start off the show. I wrote some notes down. I um, I was on a climbing wall in Ketchum Sun Valley, and uh, it was the end of the night. Nobody was there. It was self-belay, and I was in a rush. I wanted to get as many climbs as I could before it closed. I had 29 minutes, and I got to the second belay after doing six climbs, and I noticed that uh, they started cleaning up. So I figured I'd help out. I unhooked from the belay, and I clipped in six ropes to move them out of the way so they could tie them off so nobody could use them after hours. And I sprinted to the top after I clipped all six ropes. Got to the top, looked down, saw one rope was in my way. I figured I'd climb sideways a little bit and step off to the left and then jump, which I did. Very successfully, I might add. Except for I was not on belay anymore. I never re reconnected. I never reclipped in. So I jumped about 30 feet to the cement. Was not pretty. <laughs> I hit the ground so hard, bounced off my feet, slammed onto my shoulder, my head, and bounced to my feet again, and uh, really busted up my left foot. But um, I'm on the mend, and I wrote something. I wrote something about trauma and fractures, right? And I wrote uh, beauty heals, trauma fractures, beauty heals, and uh, I started thinking about how we are as people and how we change when something traumatic happens in our lives, right? And But something could be said for the other way. So I wrote, uh, you know, trauma causes things like PTSD. Um, it can, uh, it can like take you and form your character and turn you into something uh, that you're not. Um, it, it, it sort of makes you see the world in fear, right? It's depending on its car accident, the thing that I did, that that kind of thing. So the question is, is the is is the opposite also true? Can an experience of radiance, grace, beauty, wonder, awe, can that be akin to a reverse PTSD? Right, the stuff that you and I were talking about. We we had just gotten back from dinner with some friends out in Topanga Canyon. And we stopped at this really cool place to look at the 
the sunset and we, we caught the orange sky at the end of it. And, you know, that's a beautiful thing. So, um, you know, you get transformed from beautiful things in the world. They don't necessarily have to be destructive things or traumatic things. Um, you know, shifting our lenses or perception by doing good things and great things and, and seeing these wonderful things in the world with awe and beauty and astonishment, you know, it's like a self-construct of, of, of a lens perception, um, that can change our perception to goodness, to greatness, to things that we want to do, the things that you and I often talk about, you know, how do we make the world a better place? And, you know, we become our experiences of good and we become our experiences of, of, of greatness. And I think these are the things that Daniel and I kind of have in common. Uh, and I look at it like in a sense, our, 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 our cells are like technology and this turns our experience into our own biology. So the experience of this goodness makes us feel good and become good and have these lenses of perception of goodness. Um, so which do you choose? See the world uh, as you are, absolutely amazing. Uh, encounters with the, the, the numinous. Meet the world with grace. Meet the world with profound curiosity and astonishment. And then you know what happens when you have that? The thing that's happening to you all the time, the world becomes your playground. You travel around the world and you help people and you gift people these profound things to open them up to sort of clear away their lenses so that they're no longer their experiences of their past traumas. Pretty profound stuff. Wow, thank you. Thank you for taking a note of that. Did you write about that right before we sat down? Is that what you, you were saying? You were taking a shower. I wrote some notes and said, hey, let's start off with this because my foot's healing and I'm like, you know, trauma and, you know, goodness. Yeah, I imagined uh, Humpty Dumpty, the metaphor of Humpty Dumpty falling off the wall. and He had a great fall. Yep, and he, I imagine goodness is what puts the pieces back together with that tying it to what you were expressing. Yeah, yeah. some barefoot walking. Yeah, goodness, choosing goodness. So, I mean, obviously you're choosing goodness. Even your office is ridiculous. It's challenging to explain. It's sort of like we're on a really fancy ship um, modeled after like African royalty <laughs> on top of Malibu Mountain, which is in Southern California, but it is chilly, like Idaho out here. And you are uh, yeah, thirty nine tonight. I, yeah. I figured it's feel it felt like that. It feels like that out there. And Bobby, I judge as myself as well as like an expert at finding these really unique spaces on the earth and maybe that comes from a practice of choosing goodness over and over again then it's easier for you to choose goodness literally like where to be in time and space how do you describe like living like where do you why do you live here what is going on if you even want to i don't know if you want to well i'm 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 blessed to say that my significant other um is a profound human being who's you know sort of made me a better person, right? I, 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 I talked to you about that today. I was, I was saying, I think Deanna raises your frequency and makes you a better person. And I think you do the same for her. And that's what a partnership is, I believe. And that's what a relationship is when your partner can help you be better and you help them be better and you have these great lives together. So, you know, I'm blessed to be with Marielle Hemingway and we've written a book together and we've spent time together. We've created projects together and, um, we we laugh. We we say that we spend more time with each other than we do ourselves. So that's a lot of time. And but yet we are completely ourselves. We're around, we're around each other, so we're completely wide open. You know, you don't have to 
tiptoe around or change anything. It's, 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 it's an amazing thing. So finding this place, Mariel and I, you know, looked um, in a bunch of places. We lived in a place called Montanito for six years in a beautiful home and had a beautiful backyard. And, and uh, we said, let's go up higher in the mountain because we were in a valley. You know, we were about 750 feet and then there were, you know, 2,000 foot mountains all the way around us. And uh, I went on the Internet and just started looking. And we couldn't afford that much because we have a home in Sun Valley. And I was looking at places that were $50,000 a month. And I said, we're going to find one that's under 5000 in here. This, the five is going to be in there. I looked for 45 minutes, and I found this place for fifty-eight seventy-five. We drove up. Of course, when we got here, the house was you know empty. I climbed through a window, and I walked through the house. We had Bindu with us, the dog. He's sitting right here. If you could see a piece of him, I think you can. Um, and uh, Meryl and I looked around. I said, this is our house. And we came up here and told them all the things that we were going to do to fix it up, even though we were just going to lease it. And she lowered the rent to forty-eight seventy-five, and we lived here for eighteen months at forty-eight seventy-five, and they raised it back just a, a little bit more. They're still they're still giving us a great deal, and it's been amazing. You know, I, it's just absolutely astounding that the the timbers in the house are made from the Santa Monica Pier from the nineteen fifties, and the person who actually got these timbers uh, was Tim Matheson, and Tim Matheson built this Malibu cabin. In 1978, with the paycheck that he got from doing the movie Animal House. So I'd imagine that Mr. Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and the whole gang, you know, were all up here. Because he was friends with all those guys back in the 70s and did movies with those guys. So Meryl and I were blown away to come in here. It's just profound. Words don't describe it. There's a set of tank tracks on an 18-foot round window uh, a flywheel to a plane. There's a steam engine to a, uh, a a train out of Santa Fe, New Mexico, with track changers that actually change railroad tracks, but it opens the flue. Uh, there's a 1950 hood of a Dodge car over the top of the stove. There's a railroad trestle light over the top of a six-foot-wide sink. The place is insane. It's definitely breaking normal, as you are. <laughs> breaking normal would be a really great description of this house. It really is. It Either really that or the boys were really high in the 70s, you know, just saying, hey, what if we do this? <laughs> and they kept doing it. They yeah. didn't seem like they kept asking that question with new answers. And I think you're an expert at doing that. You're embarking upon an experiment of sorts that I got to get a taste of right before this podcast, which was some sort of sound therapy coming from like the be- imagine the best like movie theater chair slash first class flight seat. Yeah, zero gravity it is. Zero gravity chair puts your knees two inches above your heart, puts you into uh, a resting phase. Parasympathetic nervous system drops your heart rate. So what what is this? Um, so someone like um, let's say so a ten like my a ten year old nephew could understand. Like what in a nutshell are you doing with this technology, and where are you at with this project? Okay, so you have the you have the you have sound that the computer creates and it puts it through a woofer and it puts it that that woofer sits behind the chair, but in the chair there are small speakers that vibrate the chair in your entire spine and uh, from your butt until to just about to the top of your neck, and that vibration is sound coming through, and the frequencies are matched from something. 
created by a guy named Royal Rife. If you look him up on the internet, he created frequencies for getting rid of diseases because we're made up of energy and electricity. And he figured if you take electricity and you manipulate the frequency throughout your body, it will help uh, alleviate sort of symptoms from different diseases. So he came up with that technology. And because of the advanced technology we have today with computers, you're able to put it in there and there's 200,000 frequencies, you know, sounds that can come out and go into the chair. And then to the left of that is Tesla technology. And that's Scalar, S-C-A-L-A-R, Scalar. And that's been around for a long time, but nobody's really utilized it. That makes a six foot by 10 foot bubble of light that goes through your body as the thing is operating and the sound's going through you. So that's layman's terms, sort of, you know. What kind of light and why? Scalar light can penetrate through the earth and it, it, it travels faster than the speed of light. It's, it's just a special light that, that uh, Tesla created. You, you ever see pictures of Tesla with that coil behind him? I believe so. But what is the reason for that light? Is that, yeah, why would that be a good to be exposed to him? Um, it, it goes through the body and it helps alleviate, um, inflammation and it does something to the cells where it radically changes them and has them calm down. That's what I was told. So there's, but there's other frequencies in there that match that light as well that can ramp you up and give you energy. So right now when you jumped in the chair, I had it on deep sleep and very low monotone. And, and then the background noise through the, the big speaker underneath you, we had, you know, rain. We had some rain. We have a stream. You can have a river. You have the ocean, thunderstorms. Daniel's going to – Daniel's staying here tonight. He's going to use this chair for about a half an hour, and he's not, he's not going to wake up in the morning. He's going to get his 10 hours tonight. But you're putting some pressure on me to wake up for sunrise, though. I'll, I'll, I'll drag you up at sunrise. Well, it depends on what time we go to bed. We still are for 10 hours. What is it, 7.30? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, you, you sleep nine hours and 29 minutes a night on average. We went to bed now. We'd be up at 5.30. That gives us an extra hour and a half. We're good to go. <laughs> yeah, you don't really think in limits, it seems. No, there are no limits. Zero limits. That was the show I was doing, remember? We talked about that. Tell me about that. What was the, what's, the, what's the thesis for that show for you? What do you mean by this? And Is that show where someone can go check it out right now? No, no, it's something that I embarked on years ago, and I did not do. I had offers to do it from several different people, and part of me thinks that I self-sabotaged not doing it, but I actually got an offer, but it was from Pfizer Pharmaceutical Company, and they wanted my sponsor to be Viagra. So I was like, yeah, no. I said, no. They had a million-dollar check at the table writing it. She said, I write the check right now, and I said, no. That happened, that, that happened a couple times. But I was very satisfied in the work that I was doing. I was doing stunt work in TV commercials, and I was very comfortable. So I turned down a lot of things. That's funny. Um, all right, so th- i got to share the synchronicity now because someone's recently offered to, like, offered a sponsorship deal for the Breaking Normal podcast that we're on right now on a therapy. And I, I, I don't have to say any names. I'll just describe the therapy from my understanding. Is using sound waves through some sort of like device that looks like a wand. It's like a pulsing sound device as a as a tool for erectile erectile dysfunction and or for like just erectile enhancement. And you were like, yeah, like no, like, no, like no, biohacking biohacking for boners in a way. <laughs> And and uh, but the technology similar it sounds like from like my miss like all I know is, is both are using sound waves, uh-huh. 
And it seems like I'm, I'm definitely what I offered back is to um, I'll have an open conversation with them about it and ask all the questions I can and make the sexual men's sexual awareness a really big topic because I want to talk about that. Like that's they, big topic. But I'm bump. No pun intended. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with that the whole time. Because I'm pretty curious about what someone if someone's having um, issues like using someone's sexual thriving or not thriving as a check engine light for their overall health. Right. Like, I think that's an important topic. I think it's a really important topic. That's just, that's that's simple, straightforward. Hey, guys out there, your your grandfather's had you know ten times the testosterone levels that you have. Mainly, it's plastic, plastic everything, plastic in containers, plastic that your soap is in, plastic, 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 which kills sperm cells. Um, plastic airborne, you breathe that in, kills sperm cells. The most sensitive thing on the planet with humans is, you know, nothing on women, it's men's sperm cells. So the sperm cell count just drops to nil. You know, um, if, you, if, if, uh, if you stay longer tomorrow, I have buffalo testicles coming, I have adrenal glands, heart, um, liver. Um, they don't send me thyroid anymore. You know why? They don't want to send the thyroid because they don't want people to get healthy by eating thyroid. They want you to take a synthetic, believe it or not. And everybody has thyroid problems from, you know, too much stuff in the food. And we know what that stuff is. The Monsanto. But, but the testosterone thing, yeah, that's crazy. You know, so eating the testicles by and eating all the raw food and the raw meat. Yeah, my testosterone levels are pretty high. Did cat just knock your beer down? Dude, just like what that. Think, what do you think? Should I take some action on that? Or no. just, no, let it be. Let the it be. Smell let the swill be. of the beer in the house. Let me finish it. Then. <laughs> well, actually. The, yeah. cat, the, cat, the cat tagged it with her tail, man. There's uh, Yeah, you're bringing up a lot of topics right now. A lot <laughs> of hot topics. Woo-wee. Which one to? Do you know how high your testosterone is? I'd Not, imagine it's pretty normal. Yeah, I knew, I knew when I... All right, so... First of all, how is testosterone typically measured? Like parts per what? Do you know? Parts per million. It's like in in the blood, the numbers run like normal is 800 to, to, to like 1,200. Yeah. yeah, okay. Right in there, you know, and it gets higher when you work out, you know, it spikes up. and uh, But there's many, 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 many men that are well, well, well below 500 and nil. Like none. So when I did a raw vegan diet, this has become, a, if someone's listening all the way through all, every episode of the podcast, which is awesome if you are, because you're going to, you're on a wild ride. Um, part of that ride that has consistently come up through these podcasts is when I was doing the raw bras and did the raw vegan diet for an extended period of time, I had a hunch that my testosterone was extremely low. And it was, especially because I wasn't getting morning wood anymore as like a 20 something year old, which was used to be very normal for right, me. Right. So this is why also the sponsorship is pretty interesting. So we'll see. I'll leave people hanging with that one. I get to, I think we're supposed to have the talk tomorrow if we're going to what the deal is or whatever. <laughs> but anyways, I it actually is a big deal for me because I realized that's a sign. Like I, So I went to the doctor and I was like, I want to get my testosterone checked. And sure enough, she's like, well, oh, you don't need to do that. You're like 20-something. That would be like an additional charge. And I'm like, no, let's get the testosterone checked. And then it was like 189. Whoa! And, and she was like, that's what she said. She's like, what? She's like, why did you want me to check this? And what the? What's your blood type? I don't know, actually. You don't even know your blood type? Maybe not. B if you're plus, an O, you maybe. need me. If, you, if you're not an O, you know, I, I go by blood. I go by blood, environment, heritage, what you do every day. Yeah, but blood has something to do with it. Yeah, well, wow. So wow, anyways, and then I ate a piece of salmon. Then I ate a piece of salmon. 
and the next morning I had morning wood like I forgot about and I was like oh and I, I started thinking a little different and I could definitely like feel the effects of testosterone coming back in my body yeah yeah by the way 56 years old morning wood things are good <sighs> That's a good rhyme. That <laughs> seems like that could be like a subtitle. <laughs> That's what you're going to go with the sponsorship. That's what we're going to call it, right? And they might give you a call after this. They're like, who's this guy? All right, we got to get this guy. It's all Chinese herbs and superfoods and buffalo testicles. Yeah, you do a lot of experimentation, it seems, with yeah. your health. Yeah. What is like the? What would you recommend for me as like a supplemental protocol, knowing what you know about me and maybe why? So people have some sort of reference point because I imagine you would give a different prescription to different people based on where they're at. But well, yeah, I you know, I, is there anything I, I can do that you think like, oh, you gotta try this is cutting edge. Try this like four, just what you would intuitively guess for me. <laughs> well, it depends on what you want. You know, are you looking for endurance? Are you looking for you know calmness? Are you looking for more energy? Are you looking to build muscle? I'm looking for um, definitely more tapping back into my strength while even getting more flexible. So I believe that you're supposed to maintain uh, protein synthesis throughout the day. So I, I think you should take in, um, you know, if you want to build muscle, I, I, you know, I personally think <clears throat> you need to go over 30 grams, you know, and that goes towards muscle. If you're if you're going under that, that's just maintaining stuff. But I think that everybody needs like you know the the two, if I weigh two hundred pounds, you should you should be taking in over a hundred grams of protein. And so consistency throughout the day is that. Like if you keep skipping meals, your body starts to eat the muscle. That's what happens. Like if you're like, oh, I, I ate breakfast, but it's now it's two o'clock and I haven't eaten since nine. So I think every three hours you need a dose of protein. And, and it, but it doesn't have to be high high amounts. Yeah, I mean, I I could see how that would work, and it's just so funny how there's so many people that do do it differently, and that this is different than what I've probably like. I would, yeah. Anyways, it's it's amazing how this day and age, especially with the internet, pretty much anyone can Everybody's find what they're looking for. Like you can, yeah, yeah. you'll find support what you're looking for, and. Well, I'm I'm more. You're obviously doing something that works. Like you yeah, said, I live you, it. I, I look at the results. You look at people that are selling something or doing something. You you, you know if if they you know if they're not if they're not up to par, then why would you follow their advice? So I'm 56. I still run a mile in under five minutes when when the foot's good. Um, okay, so before I uh, before I hurt my foot, uh, I was squatting 600 pounds. 600 I was squatting. I was squatting 600, not full reps, but half reps, but still 600 pounds on my back. Um, I was doing pull-ups with 135 pounds, and uh, I was bench pressing. Uh, I was up to 475, again, not full reps, so I'm taking it off the rack, and I'm coming down part way, locking off a little bit, and then going up so I can feel the weight. You know, I was doing heavy, heavy-duty stuff, like heavy-duty stuff, and I think that that, that stuff for me personally stabilizes me like i need to lift really heavy um and not high reps and not just feel that weight on my body but i also do no no, no weight at all in the morning i'm always doing yoga and qigong and pull-ups and gymnastics and rolling around on the mat outside and you know i think it's a combination yeah i agree i agree i i've sometimes especially if i haven't done it in a while which i'm about in the mood for like lifting some heavier weights um it feels like i'm on some sort of Oh, you, you raise testosterone. I come home from the gym. I come home from the gym, and Meryl's got dinner, you know, 
ready for me. But I walk in the door. I walk in like this. What are you doing? Is it ready? Did you make me the food? My voice is like four octaves lower. I'm very aggressive. She's like, don't, you know, <laughs> I don't want you all, you know, all, all hormoned up and steroided out on me right now. She's like, you're all manned up. You got to eat. And as soon as I eat, within like 10 minutes, I calm down. My voice starts to come back up a little bit more. You know, I get relaxed. I'm like, but yeah, man, I'm like, I, it's like the green stuff from the Hulk. When you lift the heavy weight, you're like, Bruh! you know, it feels amazing. And I've been lifting since I was seven. I started lifting weights at seven. And I never not lifted weights ever my whole life. <laughs> so almost 50 years, man. Wow. And she mentioned, uh, you mentioned it. She said, why are you coming in here all steroided yeah, up? Yeah. Is that, is that how, does, how do you relate to that? Because I know steroids is a big topic, especially with men that are in their 50s. I know that's probably. And coming from a sports world. Do you want me to throw it out there? Cheater! <laughs> Every one of them. Anybody who, do, who takes a drug is a cheater. I'm sorry. End of story. If you, if you can't do it on your own, you know, my grandfather, my grandfather was a professional boxer, wrestler, and football player. There's a picture in my room on the door over there with Joe Lewis, heavyweight champ of the world, Billy Kahn, light heavyweight champ. We could see it through the window a little bit. Well, I see an ohm symbol. That's what <laughs> I see. I'm like, uh, look at uh, that big right, ohm symbol. Uh, up top, up top ohm above daddy it. Seems on my door when you go in the office. Okay. So that's a picture of World War II of those guys, heavyweight champ of the world, light heavyweight champ of my grandfather. And uh, you know what my grandfather said to me when I was a kid? When kids started taking steroids and I was wrestling and playing football, you take steroids, I'll cut both your hands off and you won't play sports. He lost friends to drug abuse from steroids, you know, as a professional athlete. So I do not condone taking drugs. Um, my, I said to my grandfather, how do I beat these guys on the wrestling mat that are on steroids? He goes, you already won when you stepped on the mat. I said, what do you mean? I said, they're stronger because they're taking drugs. I, I say my opponent was me on drugs. What do I do? He goes, that guy's mentally weak. He feels less than. That's why he took the drug. You will wear him down and you will beat him. And his body can't take the drugs that he's taken. So I'm really, really against it. If you want to take drugs and have a drug fest with a bunch of other people on drugs, go right ahead. This is, this is, how I, I mean, very, very strong feelings about this. Um, so, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look to say this from a, a, a place where I'm not judging. Okay, I'm just saying what is. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, if there were no steroids and he couldn't inject himself with steroids and he didn't do that for a living, what would Arnold Schwarzenegger be doing right now? I think he'd work in like a butcher shop in Austria and he'd be selling ham. He wouldn't be the person that you know because he, he's a he, th those are all drugs that's not him he didn't make that body without drugs the rock i love the guy he's so nice he's so kind he's so helpful without his chemistry set who is he he was a guy who couldn't cut it in football couldn't play uh had a hurt back was weak and now <laughs> so he's on massive you. amounts of, he's on massive amounts of drugs now this is where i get upset about it how many kids have died from taking drugs because of Arnold Schwarzenegger. How many kids get sick and die from taking drugs because of The Rock? I have friends that have young sons that want to get bigger and more muscular, and they look at them, and they find out that they're on drugs, and they want to take drugs. What does that say? How come nobody says anything? Well, well, I think partly, partly, and this is interesting, because I had an interview with someone recently that I highly recommend other people check out. Her name is Angel, and she was really giving me ethical reasons to go vegan and like the, for the world to go vegan and she had a top 10 compelling reasons to go vegan and although i 
felt like I could feel the emotion behind her expression and I honored it. I loved the passion. I definitely disagreed with certain leaps in her perspective. I was like, I, I, I agree with like what you're wanting, but I do not see what you're claiming to be is what's going to create what you're wanting. And that's kind of how I'm feeling with what you're saying. That, um, yeah, I'm the, a drug. I'm not sure what a drug is, honestly. Testosterone. Dynamo. Yeah, like so. I if, and because I was thinking like I don't 285 know, different. I I've never met Arnold or <laughs> I've never taken steroids with them or anything. Or what's the, the other person that you referenced? Yeah. So I I I have know very little about that. So I don't have like an emotional charge around it. I think that you do, which I think is awesome. Because I think there's a passion about your seeing there might be an issue with kids getting messed up with their use of drugs. Yeah, there's a couple of films out of of kids that have gotten sick and died over taking steroids. This, yeah, I'm not guys. so familiar with that. Yeah. And but so what I'm saying is I'm yeah I understand that I just can't. She what she was saying is like I'm I'm kind of making this softer for myself by giving another example, but I think Analogy. it's actually relevant. Yeah. She was saying that because a mother wants to eat McDonald's, that another mother, this child is starving in Africa, in a way, because the farming and the agriculture was behind the raising the cattle and stripping the land and all these. And I was like, no, I don't think, I, I don't want anyone to think that because they had a Big Mac, they killed, or they were behind the death of another child and something nothing to do with their life directly. There is a causation, like the butterfly effect. I think we're all affecting everything with every breath we take. But I don't want, I like, I don't agree with the fact that, like, I don't agree with the idea that because of Arnold maybe taking drugs, and I don't know about, but it sounds like you might. Have oh, a, he's, okay, he's maybe open he's about, about it. it. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. that he may that that may have influenced someone else to do it. But I still, there's just so many late steps be, in between the taking of the drugs. Someone takes steroids once, it might be like they might become an advocate for not taking steroids and they might become an advocate for doing something that's never been done before that created that saved many lives so i just well, don't want to well, say and, that this so caused in the, that in directly the, in the sports system danny mayo world-class wrestler right the best unbelievable started wrestling when he was eight years old his brother lied about him said he was 13 when he was eight to get him in tournaments kid trained his whole life he lost to somebody taking steroids to go to the olympics in 1992 because the other guy was taking steroids is that fair? Dan takes steroids. He trained his whole life. The other guy cheated. That's where I'm just like, come on, man, come on. It's like yeah, it's a that's a gray zone for me. It's like that it becomes like very philosophical. And so I if could, you, you could you go run, there, you run a race. There. You're Daniel Eisman running a race. You trained your whole life. Your grandfather trained. Your father trained. They were all runners. You go up against a guy that runs a nine uh, a nine nine hundred, but he takes steroids, and now he runs a nine five. You run a nine six. Sorry, Daniel. Daniel who? Oh yeah, he's the guy who came in second. That guy that cheated beat him. The guy that cheated. Beat but it him. could also be like I could find an herb or some kind of crazy root sourced fresh from another exotic place that maybe is not classified as a steroid yet. So and then a, is it, yeah. it becomes like a very to me it's a very personal thing. There, there could be great. There's definitely I could see your point of definitely with the gray <laughs> and but even caring that much about that. Like Nathaniel, I think my youngest brother's swimming career ended when he started questioning. Why does it matter if he swims across a pool faster than anyone else? That's then, his. That, that's his personal. That's yeah, his personal that, that became a question for him, and that's almost a career. It became a career-ending question. It seems he probably could still get back in the pool and whoop some booty, but 
there's also that part of it. It's like these are all just like I hear your judgments about it, but I'm not. I, I'm not just like yeah, I agree about that. And then what about yeah. your brother's question? Was that because he was fear of losing? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. So there's, a, a, bunch good, of, there's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. Like you said, you're yeah. going deep and looking into it. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like gray matter. You know why and how and all that. But you know the Olympic Committee strips Dr. Dave Joyner, who's working with me on the Stratosphere Project. He stripped people of their medals for cheating. You're done. Gold medal doesn't count. You're you're a race from the books. You can't take drugs and go go to a race. Yeah, I think when someone's consciously breaking rules to gain an advantage, basically, especially with the Olympic system, um, then I could I, I see the ethical code that's broken. But then I also can see how like I've felt guilt before because like I've used things say say cannabis, and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm kind of on a cheat code here. Like I got to this person's not even on cannabis and I'm, are they and and I'm like, well, it brings that up for me. And I'm like, do I want people, I wonder if people feel guilty. Like, where does it stop? Does it still, like, I, can, I can see it more clearly in the Olympics. But then what if you find, um, like, drinking spring water? Should I feel guilty because I go harvest spring water? That I really think makes a difference in my being. And I don't think other people have access to it. So, like, if we're both going for the same job or the same girl or the same uh, investment, and I'm on the spring water, and they're drinking city water. Should I feel guilty that they haven't? They they didn't go to the headwaters of the Sacramento. They're, Rock, allowed, to, they're allowed to have the spring water. They have a choice. Yeah, I know, but that's where I'm saying it becomes a gray zone too. I see it more clearly in the example of the Olympics, um, because I think you use a lot of things. I imagine they're just like other people have no clue about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the clay, <laughs> the clay that I had. That, you know, yeah, that tell I, us about those. What are your things that are not necessarily drugs? Maybe they are. I don't know. I don't know at all. It sounds like you. You seems like you well, were I guess the te- an experimentalist. I, 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 guess, I guess my testosterone coming from a, bu- a, a buffalo testicle, right? That's a little edgy. Is that is that cheating? I don't, is that cheating with life? I don't know. <laughs> you're eating. You're eating. You're eating. According to Angel, she would say so. Well, Angel, you know, on Angel's on Angel's behalf, like I see both sides as well. On Angel's behalf, I'm like, okay. Um, I would love to just drink water and sit in the sun and operate off of that and never have to eat again. I love food more than anybody, but if we could be breatharians and just drink a little bit of water and get sunlight, wouldn't that be cool? You wouldn't have to kill anything. That would be pretty badass. Well, but maybe I, we can. I don't think we're that, we're that evolved yet, but maybe we're no heading limits, for that. No you know? limits. Yeah. I, I hear rumors. <laughs> that we're heading down that I road? I hear rumors about people that are... <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I've heard rumors about breatharians too and how healthy are they or unhealthy are they, you know, rather. You know, it's it's it's, it's a tough deal. But maybe someday we'll head head down that path, you know. Um, I've tried being vegan, vegetarian. You know, you lose 22 pounds in about, you know, three or four weeks with my metabolism. I drift up to 10 pounds in my sleep sometimes at night. I'll go to bed and Mary will look at me and I'll wake up. She's like, what happened to you? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, you look exhausted and so skinny compared to you went to bed last night. <laughs> yeah, you like, are yeah. an I was tra- animal, man. I was traveling on the astral plane. I was doing some good in the world. I was trying to break up some fights. I got shot a couple times. You know, I told my silly dreams that go on. I'm like, you know, that. Do you f- dream a lot? Do you have a lot of dreams? Oh, yeah. Man, Deanna, she would probably love to hear about those. Do you have any like reoccurring ones that are like, whoa, or anything that comes up when I ask you that? I studied with some Aboriginal stuff, and there's a a couple of tribes that believe that the dream world is more real than, you know, 
the waking world. Oh, that would be definitely Deanna's yeah. belief pattern as well. Yeah. I mean, they got some stuff they talk about at breakfast. Like if you were being chased by something in your dream, they want you to turn around, face it. And even though you're in fear that this thing, whatever it is, whoever it is, is going to kill you, you need to face it and it would be a good death. And you'll be able to move forward in your waking life with a lot more, you know, Very. potential without holding you back, facing fear. So there's a lot to, there's a lot going on in the dream world. And what about your personal stance? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like, like what do you take your dreams as? Just as, uh, Oh, you know, they're clues. They're clues to what's going on in your life. I mean, some of them are blatantly easy to put together, right? You know, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're, if you're, uh, you know, you had some altercation or you're upset with somebody and then, you know, in your dream, you're, you're fighting, you know, for something. It's like, oh yeah, that's because of what happened yesterday and I had this fight or whatever, you know, there's some stuff that's very black and white. The other stuff is very deep and there's layers. Do you ever have dreams where you're dreaming the same dream and you know, you've had that dream before when you wake up, you know, you've been to that place and you and you're like, wow, that's kind of a recurring dream. I feel like I've done that a bunch of times, but now I'm talking about it for the first time. Like, Mariel and I will talk about stuff in the morning. And I'll be like, I start telling about a dream, and I'm like, wow, while I'm telling you about the dream, I'm having deja vu that I've had that dream before. So what's going on there, you know? Multiple dreams of the same dream over and over again. And now you're finally getting some consciousness about it. Yeah, I can relate. I can relate. Those are, those are deep waters. Yeah, they are. You know, and, and, and have you seen any videos on the internet talking about, is this, is Daniel and Bob sitting here right now, is this the Matrix? Is somebody programming us to be doing this right now, right? A, a supercomputer bigger than who we are? So this is actually a dream, it's not real? I've definitely, what this brings up for me is I've definitely thought about, am I, can I, because you don't believe it, because you believe it, if... We were, um, at, like, avatars for some aliens' kids. They they were just part of their video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an ongoing video game yeah, that they're playing. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, I'm I'm like the one that. <laughs> and then multiple and and then somebody's above them, getting them to video right. They're doing and someone's above that and it keeps going in the universe just like there's more galaxies. So it's going like that. You know, there's a bunch. But then of- I kick back to something. I'm like, no, this is more divine than that. It seems more that I have a choice that's so magical that it seems beyond than just an alien programming me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but I can get this. Sometimes I can go like, wow, this is crazy. Like sometimes when I look at our reality or go to a mall, I might start thinking that way. Go to a mall. Yeah, malls, man. So what are we covering here? We've covered <laughs> steroids. We're covering stuff for you tomorrow for your interview for enhancing the manhood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fascinating one. <laughs> we're, we're what do you think that? What would you say for people? For because you're in that demographics and you're saying you're having oh, good, you change good your morning. Change, change your the diet. diet. Change, change your diet. Change your lifestyle. It's really simple. How many hours a night you sleep? And most people say, oh, I sleep five or six hours. Well, of course, of course, there's no wood in the morning. You're not getting a full set of sleep, and you're doing that all the time. Stressed out, don't like their job. Um, they don't eat properly. They don't sleep properly. They don't exercise properly. They don't live properly. Well, nothing's going to work. Things will start to malfunction. It's very simple. Remember I told you before the book, Dr. Sun, Dr. Air, Dr. Water, Dr. Nutrition, Dr. Exercise, and Dr. Rest. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days mm-hmm. a week, and they're free. You see mm-hmm. those guys? You don't need a doctor. Mm-hmm. Those are good doctors. They are. They're, they're the best. They seem so unbiased, too. <laughs> they seem like, yeah. And on not- the seventh day, you have Dr. Nature.
which encompasses all, uh, that encompasses all of them. Get in nature, man. Reconnect. That was the grounding stuff I was talking to you about before. You love wear, walking barefoot. You love the water. You know the energy you get from those special water places that you go. Now that I will say that the the part of the program that seems the most real is it does seem like I'm some sort of electric device. This being, maybe maybe I'm more than that, but I'm using this electric device to experience life. So it does seem vitally important and duh to supercharge this device, and it does seem like certain spots deep in nature and especially good air and then purposely breathing that air all seem like and purposely drinking good water all seem very like elemental and elementary like you do that so i can figure out how to do the rest and most of them are free (laughs) yeah yeah they're here they're free 99 how much does it cost to breathe and most people don't know how and it's where everything starts right all the electrical stuff starts with the air that you're breathing so if you're in the city and you're breathing positive ions that have a negative effect on your body, you know, it's depleting you. So that's why you get out in nature with the negative ions. And they have an extra electron. Did you you know how that works, right? It's sort of like it's sort of like fiction and nonfiction. You're like, well, fiction sounds like it should be real because it's fiction. Nonfiction sounds like it should be so it's the opposite. So positive ions are missing an electron, and guess where they get electrons from to function? They take them from you. So negative ions have an extra electron, and when you breathe it in out there in nature, you get those extra electrons, and you feel better. Mm-hmm. lifts you up, raises the vibration. That That's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and it's important to do that. I, I think I'm one of the elephant in the room I'm going to call out for a collective health, uh, like a red flag. Now that I'm thinking about the air thing, and I've been around many homes. I've lived in so many different places and different spaces. And, like, I would say homes that are not vital but in vital areas and then vital homes that are not necessarily in vital areas. Mm. Like, there's definitely an alchemical um, element, a touch here. But people that sleep uh, sleep in spaces where there's not air, fresh airflow, that's concerning to me. I'm going to call that one out because I haven't heard so many people talking about that. I know a lot of people are talking about naked sun time and spring water and getting grounded. But what about that? Like, what's your airflow when you're sleeping? Windows open for me. I always have a window cracked. Um, Even in Sun Valley when it's negative, you know, whatever outside. I take two pillows, block the heaters, squish them up into the heaters, put on extra blankets, and I crack the window. Meryl comes in my room in the morning sometimes, and we sleep in we sleep in the same room, or we sleep in separate rooms, and we visit each other, or we sleep together for a week in one room and a week in the other, and then we separate again. We have this great thing going on. We've been doing this for a long time. It's amazing. I can really. I recently. You said resistance to that. Like I really wanted to sleep in the same bed all the time, but especially with Davina lately, we've been doing new experiments in it. Like even tonight, this is the first night. Deanna just flew to Austin. This is new for me, and it feels refreshing. It feels like important to keep it moving and dynamic. Yeah, and. And you appreciate them more when you get the space. Everybody needs space. It's a big one. Men especially need space. So she would come into my room in the morning. The rest of the house is like 65, 70 degrees. My room's like 35, 40. And I'm in there. And I'm in the tundra, man. I got the blankets on. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I can't stay in here. It's freezing. It's freezing. I was just getting the blankets. And she gets in with me. And I'm so hot. She goes, you're so hot. She couldn't stay in the room because it's too cold. It's too hot under the blankets, you know. But I love, 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 love the good air. Good air. That's That filter right there, the one with the little band on it, see the, the silver cylinder? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
that thing, that thing mitigates so much stuff in the house. It, it, it gets rid of smells. It, it breaks up particles and particulates. That's an ongoing filtration system. It changes with nighttime and daytime. It's really, really super high end. Mariel got that, uh, you know, for the house. That small thing over there. Yeah, yeah. And it does like, I don't know, 2,000 square feet or something. What it, is that? You know what it is? It's some cylinder that takes the takes the air and cleanses it. it, it and, and it's not just a filtration <laughs> system. Cylinder it, like it changes that. particles in the air. So if there's... It does uh, feel nice in here. Like I feel like the air is good in here. Oh, it's, it's really good even with the heat on. You know, it's 39, so I got the heat on at like 65 or something, and I turn it off completely at night. 39 in uh, L.A., y'all. Yeah, uh, well, is Malibu technically L.A.? It is technically yeah, yeah, LA, L.A., County. but not yeah. metaphorically. Yeah, all the way to the northern... All, all the way to the northern... The, the northern border of right at Ventura wow. County. Wow, breaking normal. And we have a lot of plants in here. I mean, plants. How tall would you say that plant uh, is? That's that like 12, 12 feet. feet yeah. yeah. 12 so feet. we have and another 12-footer over here. So we have two 12-foot plants and how many up top? One, two, three, four, nice. five. We All have 10 plants. plants in the kitchen, 11 plants in the kitchen, 12, 13, one in the bathroom, four. We have 15 plants in the house. They're giving us some good oxygen, man. So you know the air game. And I it seems like that's what something I think I really resonate with you on a subtle level is that. Like, um, there, I've been tempted to live in places such as Costa Rica or in Maui, in the, but these certain areas that are a little more wet. It doesn't seem like you, it seems like your home bases are in more dry spaces. Is yeah. that on purpose? I, well, you know what? I grew up on the East Coast and it was, it was wet. You know, it's very moist on East End of Long Island. And uh, I actually love the humidity because I grew up with it, and I miss it. So in Sun Valley, we actually have a humidifier built into the system for the air coming in the house. There's water coming through the vents. And so when it's too dry, man, I'm looking for a humidifier. Um, we have two of them in the, in the other room. They're put in our room, and we put a little essential oils in it and have humidity coming into the room. Do you ever use one of those, dude? I, I doubt it. This is definitely like one of those green, the grass is greener on the other side type of moments. Cause well, you would dig it. It's not expensive at all, but it's... it's, it's I'm usually wanting the air drier. Usually, unless I was like Mammoth, California. I was the one place. I was like, I need, I need to get some wetness. It's a rough deal when it gets that dry. Uh, yeah. So that's how I am. I like the dry... I, I, I do enjoy the dry air. That's always good. <laughs> Daniel and I got a good tail, a good tail shot going. Yeah, we're on video. Make sure you check... If you want to check the videos out of these recordings, go to breakingnormal.com. <laughs> The podcast section, but we had a nice visitor. What's that cat's name? That's Meryl calls her Lala. <laughs> Lala just just passed by. She's she's wandering around the house. Everybody's settled down. They're ready for their walks tomorrow morning. They can't wait. <laughs> Trying to get Daniel to stay to do a little barefoot walking in the morning. Um, yeah. Any other edgy advantages um, people might want to know about for optimal health? Optimal health goes back to those, you know, those the seven. seven. Okay, yeah. not nothing like edgy. Like you found a new supplement of sorts, or it's like, oh, this is good. This is cutting edge. I experiment with supplements all the time. See what's what. <laughs> yeah, you know, deer antler, elk antler, colostrum. But I try to get natural sources of these things. You know, when I said you take in protein every three hours, you know, Mariel and I, you guys can all check this out. Go to Miller's Organics, um, and you'll know you're on the right one when you see the address bird in the hand pennsylvania these are the amish and Marilyn and i get six pounds of raw amish butter every month we also get uh some some colostrum uh some yogurts uh some kefirs you know really good uh probiotic bacterial type things for the gut and um 
some raw ice cream once in a while. I mean, they have a list of like a hundred different foods. Raw ice cream, like ice cream made with raw milk. Yeah, raw milk and and and. Where do you get this stuff from? It's it's called. Check it out on the internet. Miller's mm. Organics. The guy's name is Amos Miller. I've been getting food from him for almost thirty years. Uh, you sign up. Uh, this is the craziest thing. You order the food because they're the Amish. They send you the food without paying for it, and then you send them the check. And if you forget to send the check, somebody around 12 or 13 years old calls you on the phone and says, uh, Mr. Iceman, I know, must, you, know some, you must have forgot, but you know your bill's overdue for $75 for the butter. And you feel so guilty because you already ate that butter and you didn't pay for it. But they don't take credit cards. They don't, have, they don't, they don't even have electricity. They just have telephones. They wow. go with telephones and that's it. And but their food pure. In the I spring bet. the butter is almost green. It's Whoa. it's so yellow and strong and powerful. Uh, wow. And they take care of their animals. The farm is amazing. This is where food's supposed to come from. Wow. That if you're gonna get that food, get I that. I think they're food. gonna get some orders from this. Oh, I hope they do. Hey, they they send all over the United States. They're really good, good, good people. I'm probably gonna go order from Oh something. dude, when you have that butter, it's so good for your brains. Guess who's on the butter? Bindu, 19 years old. This dog's sitting right here. Let's, is let's, on the let's butter? Get the video. Let's get him in the video really quick. 19 years old. 19. Look at him. A Yorkie, which yeah. is crazy because my first dog was a Yorkie, and we went on a vacation. My understanding, we came back, and it was gone. Like, Or no, we moved. We moved from Florida to Georgia, and somehow the dog got out, and we never saw it again. And now I'm currently the longest I've gone without actually seeing a dog, my, my actual dog, Araya. Before that was a family dog. And so I I have a connection to a dog that looks very much like this. Oh, really? From a long time ago. I'm not sure how well I remember it, but it's amazing that this small dog is how many years old? 19. Wow. Dogs. Loves to hike. Dogs. Goes, goes on long, long hikes. And uh, we feel like he's going to go well into his 20s. And he eats, he eats raw butter almost every day. He gets a little raw butter in his food. He does some, he does some raw buffalo, some raw butter you know and some grain-free food and he gets he gets lots of snacks and occasionally he slips into the uh, pantry and finishes off the cat food the cats eat a lot of wet chicken food but he loves cat food he gets it yeah you get it you get it too there yeah wow i'm wondering is there anything else on your heart that you would love to discuss um just that i th- I think that, we're, you know, back to the beginning where we started, where you and I both 100% agree, this is heaven on earth, and it's what you make it, right? It's how you choose to live. You know, I think this is one of the most amazing places that you could possibly be ever, you know, not getting into metaphysical or astral planes or these types of things, although those things all exist here on the physical plane. You could step into these realms and different dimensions. I just think the earth is profound, man. A blade of grass, anything, all of it, the sun, the clouds, the, you know, the awe of looking out into the universe, the stars, you know, at night, sunsets are never the same. They always change who we are as human beings, what we're capable of doing. It's just fucking amazing. And I said that on Oprah with Marielle and she was like, I want to know what moves you more than anything. And I was saying similar things to what I was saying there. And I just kept going into it. At the end, she had her hands over her head saying, fucking amazing. And she said it like three or four times. I was like, if that makes it to Super Soul Sunday, we are going to be so ecstatic about that. You know, they edited how they edited it. 
that was not on there. Well, it kind of looks like that GIF or whatever. Is it a GIF or a GIF on? Like, you know, I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen one in the Oprah where she's like, "Ah, oh, it's amazing." And I wonder if that was the one. If they used it, <laughs> if they used that, yeah, right, right, right. Oh. Her producers called Marilyn and I up and 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 said uh, and said that was the best interview she's had in years. Um, they loved what we we talked about. The topics were just outstanding. You know, she was really into stuff. She said that her parents had sex one time in the back of a '56 Chevy, and she was the result. That and was I, the only time. Yeah, and I looked at her and I said, "And how great is that?" And she's like, "What?" And I was like, "How many people's lives have you changed because of that one time?" Yeah, I said, "What are the on. odds?" What are the odds of you being here? And she said, the sperm and the egg. I said, 40 million to one. She slapped me five. I slapped her five back. Again, didn't make the cut. But Oprah and I were like, we went crazy at the end of the show. Mariel joined in as well. I mean, it was just profound. We were laughing and having so much fun, just letting loose. She's what, what, a, what a powerful person that is. She, she really loves to do good. She's like, it's that thing. You know about that, right? The, the trifecta of doing good and helping people and giving information. You get all these endorphins and these amazing like neurological changes of good in your body from doing that. So your podcast is giving to people and then you're getting back. And if everybody keeps giving and getting back, we just keep expanding. I think that that's profound stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And speaking of Oprah, I under, from my understanding, it seems like almost everywhere I go in the world, um, and I'm like really blown away. And not, I'm exaggerating somewhat, but like when in San Luis Obispo or Santa Barbara, some local spots, or Maui, I'm like, this place is amazing. And then someone usually speaks up and shoot. They're like, yeah, Oprah has a house right over there. <laughs> Yeah, we got to we got to go to her house in Maui. We got to experience. Her oh, ranch. oh, nice. Do oh, you yeah, remember the, which part? Because I've heard she has three. I don't know what. I'm just get, she's got nine houses. Gossiping. She, but, no, she has nine houses. In Maui? Or, oh yeah. Oh yeah. On she, Maui? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I've heard there's three houses on Maui. Okay. Oh no, it's nine. Oh, so which part of Maui? It's, Do you remember which part you went on or which one you went on? It's it's nine from the it, it, the houses were built in the 1950s. She restored them so they look like the 1950s. They might be like the Baldwin Estates or something <laughs> potentially. If I had to guess, I forget the name of the, yeah. the place, but there's nine houses on there. It's one big main house you know we got to walk through her garden we got to do all this stuff she has a no fly zone it's really funny in the middle of the interview i said uh you know the hel- a helicopter and a jet passed over and everybody got quiet you know to let them pass so that we can continue to talk i said i should goofing around i said you should work on a no fly zone she said i have it in place they're not supposed to be there like no one's allowed to fly over a house. Oh, she's yeah. got that all she, set up. Man. She seems. I was like, okay. she's got some power for sure. Oh yeah, man, and she's doing good. And I think that's what it's all about, right, man? How much good can you do in the world? That's a good metric. Yeah, that's a good metric. You know, that's, and, that's and you know what our account. religion is? You'll love our religion, kindness. And there's not enough hours in the day to practice it. <laughs> you get to do it again tomorrow when you wake up. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that give you the goodness. And I think that we're capable of doing all that, man. I'm all big on it. On, on doing great things, you know, and doing good things and expanding and becoming more because we are. How long are you going to live, Daniel? Got a number? Who wants to live forever? You're going forever. It's a long I said, time. Who wants to live forever? I think of that song from Queen. Um, I imagine I'm going to live as best as possible as long as possible. Yeah. I got a number. Okay, I'm excited for this. 210. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 10 times your mature age. All right, come on. And I think go. everybody's going there. So you so you're saying you want you're going to live to 210? We all are. Oh, we all yeah, are. Yeah, it's happening. Like we're heading down that path, man. 
expansion, expansion, expansion. We're going to figure some really big things out in the next decade. I, I'm not too doubtful of that either, 210. 210 would be like a new normal age of sorts. And I think and if you look at the Bible too, it seems like that was like were that they nine, speaking metaphorically mark, or literal? It's, a, it's questionable. I mean, maybe they were being real. Yeah, but not two ten like you think. Like my buddies are all they're all getting old because they think they're supposed to. You retire uh, at sixty five. Uh, you pass along at. 75. I retired before college. Uh, now, I'm do, now I'm just playing well, hard. I'm, I'm doing as good as I can, and I'm playing hard at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that I retired at twenty six, and that was from construction. I think I stopped swinging a hammer at 26 to make money. Well, yeah, I'm ready to replenish my retirement fund as well. So, yeah, it's just an ongoing process. I'm I'm playing around with retirement. I mean, I, I pro- arguably some people would say he works harder than ever. I'm like staying with my college roommate who's the LADA, and it, like my days in a way seem to be longer than his, and he works a lot. Mine, I imagine, just seem much more playful. Yeah, and mysterious and less scheduled and yeah. dynamic. And I'm like, yes, well, I had, these, I, I had my East Coast friends come out and visit me quite a bit, and they're like, "You need a real job." I'm like, what does that mean? I make more money than you guys. Yeah, but you don't really work. I'm like, I work more than you. Well, yeah, but you don't have to. You don't have to be anywhere. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Well, this isn't reality. You know, you're not living in reality. Why? Because I go rock climbing. You know, during the week, and I'm not someplace, but I have an audition at 4 o'clock. I climb in the morning, get an audition. Well, I think at the core of that, people want to be affirmed on the choices they've made. So if someone's making very different choices and seemingly potentially getting results that are arguably equal or better or tempting to think at, that could be a convicting thing. I think it's, um, for instance, I have some friends, their parents, they're going through the tribe design facilitator training. And their parents have a very hard time. Like they're, they can't believe their son is doing this. Like they are just, it almost sounds like they're almost ready to write him off. And I think it's at the core. The core of that is because I'm exaggerating with that part, but they're having challenges with it. And I think the core of that is because I did the video with Davina about like the domestication of education, or I made a thing about vaccines that didn't sound like it was pro-vaccines. It didn't sound like I, I was like really. If someone was pro-vaccines, they may have been offended. And I realized like, oh yeah, they're. His brothers and sisters have children that are probably, they just are recently vaccinated, so they're probably offended. Like, they, they're probably offended by this. And then they create this whole story around, like, the. I'm not even sure how I went down that rabbit trail. Because well, we're talking about all kinds of different things that go in different directions, you know, of why. You know, why people do what they do and what, you know, you know no different than the, the, the food thing, the steroid thing. You know, we're looking at all sides. Yeah, yeah. You know, so can you imagine the way you might be looking at someone that's taking steroids? They might, his parents might be looking at me because I'm saying question vaccines instead of just taking them. Well, you know, this is what, I, you'll love this. This is what you say to the this parents. Is paradoxical this. here, this, huh? this is what you say to them. Okay, you believe the kids need, your are pro-vaccines, right? You got to be vaccinated. Kids need vaccinations. So there's a total of 72 now. I'm I'm so with you. If you want your kids to have them, you do the 72 as well because you haven't been vaccinated. You got your four to six because I come from the, you know, late 50s, early 60s. So there were four to six vaccinations. So if you're willing to take 72 at the same time your kids are, what do you think of that? They would say no. Oh, I don't need them. Oh yeah, you do. If they need them, you need them. You know, I think it's crazy. I I went through the airport once and they were giving the flu shots out. And, uh, you know, it was some special or something at the airport. This is in, like, South Carolina. And I said to the girl, I, 
I was kidding, of course, but, you know, she didn't know that. I said, I get sick very often. And I said, and, you know, I work out a lot. Is it possible? I swear I said this to Meryl Stanton right there. Is it possible for me to get two flu shots today? <laughs> sure. I, I don't see why not. Wait one minute. Let me go talk to somebody. She came back and said yes. Dude, I was like, I looked at her. I was like, are you kidding me? You're going to give me two flu shots right now. Are you kidding me? For real. I'm like, really? Come on. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this talk excites me to do more of the breaking normal news flashes because, yeah, that's what I did. One of the episodes is the flu is not a season. The other one was the domestication of education. And I, uh, the I, not a season. I was pointing to like this, the gate that Davina could get locked into to play with the other children if she wanted to, but she might have to get vaccines first. And that's what I think offended people. That I was making the joke that if you want to get locked into that school, this especially looks like a farm in a prison, you might have to get vaccines first. Is that what you want to do? And I, and that one I think pulled the the um, that was that was where the gray matter became, and people maybe had one extreme view before. Mm. It's so. tough. You're you're taking away something that they believe in. You're taking it away. You're trying. You're 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 giving them another perspective, and that perspective is 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 saying that what they're doing may be wrong. Or yeah, I don't want it to come off wrong. I just wanted to show like the there's another side. The, yeah, the silliness and thinking that this is the one and only best way. My allopathic doctors, allopathic, right? Vaccines, pills, prescriptions. They're going in another direction. I mean, I, I, I got this one doc, PhD, MD, fellowships at Columbia. He's like, yeah, uh, allopathic medicine is not the answer. He's like quantum physics, energetics. We're physical beings made up of electricity. We need to be looking there. Uh, he says to me, do you know any drugs that have cured anything? I just like looked at him. I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, then why are we giving these things out to people? To mask symptoms? There's, there's a whole being there. Just, just think about it. You name one drug that's cured anything. One. And you, you're well, trying to come up with penicillin yeah, or something. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. why I immediately C think works of, better than penicillin. I, I don't know that. But oh, no, I, doctors I, say I, I'm not denying it either. I yeah, don't yeah. know that and I don't so, deny so, that either. So it, 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 not that you, there, there shouldn't be chemistry. There's something to, in chemistry for sure. But saying that's the answer, uh, you know, come on. What about Dr. Sun, Dr. Air, Dr. Water, Dr. Nutrition, Dr. Exercise, and Dr. Rest? What do those guys have well, to say Well, ha- they don't have an Apple Pay thing. <laughs> and they don't pay. have an Apple Pay reader. You want to go with the Apple Pay? You'll love this. <laughs> Guess what healthcare is supposed to have? Everybody. And everybody has it. And it's free. Self-care is healthcare. Period. End of story. 99% of everything with you can be done through you. You're self-healing, self-sufficient, self-sustaining, provided the right environment, the right information. That's it. You talk to any doctor, that's preventative medicine. Not to say that emergency medicine isn't fantastic. Stitches, broken bones, you know, heart failure, you know, being rushed over to the hospital. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's profound saving lives. Nobody pays attention to the preventative and self-care. That's the problem. What did you do for yourself today, right? You say that. You say you say that to a person. Did you eat properly, sleep properly? You see You're all speaking those collectively. I'm, you know, I'm a big linguologist, so when you say you, I'm like, I trust that I'm in the self-care mode where I'm free of those. Yeah, when I said you, uh, yeah, collectively. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I, I like to get that sometimes, that um, detailed. Yeah, the specificity. Because when, when you stepped on the... Uh, Ledge today, and you said this is a. What'd you say? It was a spell of a time, or a, uh, what'd you say? <laughs> let's 
let's uh, let, let's set here for a spell. I spent here for a spell, and we were on the <laughs> ledge, looking at a beautiful sky and a moon, like a, a legendary ledge, a legendary ledge at this time. Yeah. And at, he at said, about, "Let's sit here for a spell." Feet. So I thought you you wanted to start casting spells, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm already doing that with every word I say. Is I'm basically casting a spell. There you go. Yeah, there's a lot of energy behind that. A- AKA praying. However, whether you're a, a witch or a what's the other Warlock? one? A mum. I wonder what's the uh, <laughs> the ones that oh shoot. I'm, Whoopi Goldberg uh, uh, played it. A nun. A I called her a mum. A witch or a mum. Uh, a, witch or, a witch or a nun. You get it. You're casting a spell or praying. What do you think of sin, Daniel? Uh, I like the Spanish scene. Like I like to look at the Spanish word scene, like without. Okay. Um, so like maybe acting without our God energy, without the the Holy Spirit, or I like the uh, other meaning like uh, missing the mark. I, I think of missing the mark potentially. So it's like this like when you're throwing darts, you may have missed the bullseye. So it's just time to throw another bullseye. I like the, I like the Greek definition. You'll love it. Sin, self-inflicted nonsense. <laughs> self-inflicted nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the cover of the book, Breaking Normal, which I think is going to change soon. Yeah, I think this paradigm shift happening everywhere. You know, the one thing on medicine I wanted to add, what I love, is when they do give out medicine to help people with cures, and they're doing this, you know, from a good place, I believe, for the for the most part. You know, I'm not talking about big pharma pushing peddling pills to have doctors sell, but, you know, people creating pills thinking, hey, this is going to help, this is going to help. I find it fascinating that if you have 100 patients and you give out, uh, you know, X amount of pills and X amount of the patients get sugar pills, and of those X amount that get the sugar pills, 17% are cured why aren't we studying that what mentally did that person think what happened in their brain to cure themselves by taking that sugar pill i think that's pretty profound stuff yeah you know who might be studying that is uh many people like ourselves yeah, and yeah. um someone in particular that's really made it uh yep yep him as well bruce lipton for yep. sure I, that's the book we recommend for our tribe design facilitator training one of the first four but one of the other ones um you are the placebo from dr joe dispenza uh-huh. i really uh-huh. like his i like what he says in there i think he's into it he, like you are the placebo just that title alone is like of course that's right. Like Someone's it. finally ewing on me that makes sense. A lot, like there's a lot of ewes. I'm like, that's nah, not for me. I don't know who you is. It ain't me. That's good stuff. I'd like to check that book out. I've never, never heard it. Uh, yeah, he's all about mind over matter. There's That's actually a book of another one of the guy he works with. But yeah, tapped into that, That what you're talking about. Yeah, it's cool stuff, man. Well, brother, brother, brother. Well, we could probably go on for a long, long, long time. Thank well, you for... Yeah, we're going to have you come back to the house with Marielle. Oh yeah, listen. I would love to Come drop him. And, and there has been some synchronicities. I don't know. How would you share the thing? That, the what were you doing? We we pulled over at the store today. Do you want to share what you were doing there today, at the weird store, the Breaking Normal store, right before coming home after dinner? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we Daniel saw these really beautiful lights at a place in Topanga Canyon <laughs> called Inn of the Seventh Ray. Yeah. And what yeah. did the what did the store say? Oh, oh yeah, something about strange things. Stuff yeah, like yeah, a place for unusual stuff or yeah, so weird I, things or I something. I said there's there's it's all this sort of strange, spiritual strange. candles and books and this and that and uh Marilyn and I rang in the the Chinese New Year, I guess it was yesterday or the day before. Yeah, it was the day before. 
and um, and uh, somebody who did feng shui, a really profound person, told us that you know we could either use a bell that Mariel has, some Buddhist bell that you shake, or a bowl. And uh, well, Mariel's not going to hear this; she's in Cuba. She'll be back next week. But I got a bowl at this place because we don't have one. And we tested out two bowls, and this one really rang really well, and it was from Tibet. And I was like, oh, what's better? And Daniel was like, oh, I really like that. The design, what is that called? Oh, the Flower of Life, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really cool design mm-hmm. on the inside. And so, you know, 100%. Daniel said that. I said this. That the bowl lit up. It it rang really well. I was like, this is what I'm getting her, you know? <laughs> and uh, and then Daniel's looking around for stuff, and he's like, you read this book? Oh, Meryl's reading this right now. He's like, I've read this. I'm like, yeah, I've read that. Really cool stuff everywhere. And and uh, we're done. I, I get everything. Uh, I got some prayer flags because we have really high winds up here in the mountains in Malibu, and we figured we'd get some prayer flags going and That's get awesome. some stuff yeah. out of the world. Yeah. You know, and I got all this stuff from Meryl when she comes home, you know. Um, and it just so happened we stopped in the store, and I didn't think I was getting anything. I was showing Daniel stuff. And on the way out, we're just about to go out, and Daniel's like, what about this? And it was quotes from Hemingway in this little handbook, and there was only one, and he found it buried in these other books. And I'm like, well, of course that. Mariel's speaking about her grandfather right now in Cuba. Yeah, and I, and synchronicity. That's Yeah, synchronicity is a, a topic I could talk about a long time. That's a fun but one that to synchronicity is created by you and your choices. And if you're living the higher good, the good stuff, boy, the good stuff that comes your way is profound. Yes. It's so good. Yes. And it just keeps showing up. You know, I'm not <sighs> sure what's going to happen tomorrow. Daniel's got a, a big day of making a decision on big things for big men. <laughs> yeah, all, it's all big. It's all big. It's all big because how uh, uh, we can change it all the time. That's how big. So when you make a decision, it can change everything. So Every that's moment. how big each decision is. Every moment, man. It's so big. That's the, that's, the, that's the playground. This place is amazing. I know. What do you think about everything? We one decision have? can change everything for everyone. There you go. Thank oh, you. For, and part what, what, last before the thank you, not to cut you off, the stratosphere. Like oh, yeah, yeah. Tell us. Tell us. Yeah, well, how do people find you and all that? And tell us about what you're going to tell us about stratosphere, please. Well, I'm going to come back out, you know, with Marielle. I've been in hiding for since since 2013, I guess you could say. I stopped everything. I stopped doing. I have I done it. When's the last time I did a podcast? I can't even remember. Like I stopped. We Marielle and I shot a film yesterday. Uh, I think it's going to be called Earthing, and it's about the guy who wrote the book about Earthing, and it's it's launching. We were the last two people they shot. They got a bunch of scientists on this, on on how important it is to connect to the earth and what you can do in your house. And and it's going to be at the Sedona Film Festival next month. Um, But I went into hiding, sort of speak, you know, meaning I wasn't going on auditions. I stopped doing commercials. I don't do any stunt work. I stopped doing radio shows. I I stopped everything that I've been doing since 1986. 86, I think I started doing this. Um, To build a machine called stratosphere atc this machine is hypobaric the opposite of hyper and uh i could take it to mount everest in 15 seconds inside the machine and you could work out in this machine and we're putting lighting sound vibration magnets pressure changes and this is the thing that's going to push everybody to 210 healthy turning cartwheels at 100 doing really well and expanding. I went in the other day, 11,189 feet. I was riding a bicycle, nasal breathing only. 
When I got out, I was euphoric for seven and a half hours. I called Mary up on the phone when I was leaving my space out in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it is. And uh, I was singing. and I couldn't stop being wound up. And as you can hear during this interview, I have a lot of ener- ener- energy. And, and I had more energy than I have through this interview. It was insane how great I felt. you know. And I talked to the doctor about it. And he said... Uh, Chief scientist, aerospace medicine, amazing human being, uh, Dr. Bruce Johnson, um, big athlete when he was younger, you know, works in aerospace over there at, 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 at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, he said he had the same result the week before. And he said, we're moving tissue in the brain. The brain's actually expanding, contracting from the pressure changes. And he says, within 24 hours, genome expression changes in your body. I mean, this is cutting edge, great stuff. It's going to be profound. I can't wait to put Daniel in the in the time capsule. I'm calling it. <laughs> I told everybody. I told everybody at the company. Bruce, kids around, because I'm blessed and look really, really young for my age. And and uh, he's like, we're going to come up with a protocol and some algorithms that age you, so the rest of us can catch up. I said, I'll never happen. And uh, I said to everybody that I'm going to use this thing every day for a year. And then I'm and I'm going to I'm going to go in hiding again for a year and just use this thing every day. And then I'm going to just walk up to Daniel and be like, Hey, Daniel, it's me. Who are you? It's Bobby. I'm 15. It works. The machine works. <laughs> and that's what we're going for, man. That's what we're going for. And there'll be a lot more to talk about. Mario can talk about it next time she meets with Daniel. Oh wow, wow, wow! Thank you, thank you for being such a star as usual. Just man, consistency, consistency, relentlessness of, I think, just being yourself. So thank you for doing that. That's pretty breaking normal. Well, thank you, Daniel, for doing what you do in the world. I mean, I love your, I love your stuff. Uh, loved having you up in Ketchum Sun Valley. Uh, looking forward to doing retreats together. We're hoping to get some big ranch up there that Daniel and I have been kicking around with a bunch of other people for quite a while. But it's a healing center, just beyond anything that we can conceive and expand from there. You know. Um, and I really love Daniel's work, and I love that he loves water, and I love, <laughs> and I. And I love that he shares this information and talks to people and helps people be better and make this a better place. He's here to make this a better place. Wow. Thank you, man. That's that's, uh, definitely a reflection. All right. All right. Peace. We're out. Oh. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, everyone. I trust y'all are so enjoying these transmissions, becoming more of an est- in a state of awe, more in a state of joy, bliss, blessed. The attitude of gratitude is growing in you. You're becoming a magnet for unavoidable success more and more every day, so you're experiencing life in the most heavenly way you ever have now, and that it only gets better from here on out. That's my prayer for us, and that we're uh, giving our gifts generally, generously, generously, that uh, our cups are spilling over, and if we want to get something to give it, wow, it's been a lot to keep up with, with traveling with... Uh, our baby and Deanna and all these different climates. Like literally someone can drive to snow, to the beach, to the desert, to valleys, to rivers, all in one day on this island. And with my ambition for adventure, it's been pretty it's been a pretty fun opportunity to stay grounded and also 
prioritize this podcast and my other projects that are built around my passion. Um, if you want to team up with me right now, I think our number one offering that I'm most excited about is uh, on February 22nd, we'll launch our next Tribe Design Facilitator training for up to 22 people. And that will uh, that what that looks like is a month-long virtual training. It's awesome, life-changing. I mean, if you're attached to seeking affirmations for your limitations or are you looking to surround yourself with people that don't hold you accountable to your highest it's probably not for you but if you're ready to go all in on your dreams and start living like today is the best day ever and we're not sure how many days we'll have but we're willing to go all in in the meantime this is for you if you want to cultivate the art of being able to design a tribe wherever in the world you go that you just become a, a magnet for connection and that you understand how to connect people even if they don't agree with one another able to uh, basically be a catalyst for heart sync over group think if that's something you're looking for or being able to re facilitate retreats that get you paid to share your passion in a way that feels good and makes like money more clean in my opinion i think a lot of people think money is dirty because they're trading their time doing something they don't want to do to see numbers move on their screen and that's one of those moments i would ask you to ask how much is making this money costing me? How much is saving money costing me? And tr just to treat money as there's no shortage of it because in reality money is made up and how can something made up be scarce? So I trust all these podcasts and transmission are getting you to go all in on your dreams and passions beyond your stories around money, time, or space because those seem the cultural norms that most people are ready to break through to start living a more liberated life rather than under someone else's ploy. So if this resonates with you, go ahead and send your application in today at internationaltribedesign.com and one of our awesome team members will get back to you to explore if you're a good fit because if you are, we want you to start running retreats around the world, designing tribes based on what lights you up the most. Build the people and the places will come. And that seems to be a real reality here. While I've been out here in Hawaii, so many people want to show me their the lands they're stewarding, the retreat centers they're building, the ideas around designing functional tribes that are thriving rather than the vicious circle of some of the cultures that are not working. It's been such an inspiring trip, and uh, I'm, I'm wanting to team up with the people that are taking the time out of their day to tune in and listen to these ideas about Breaking Normal. And if you're ready to take action, hit me up, breakingnormal.com. I trust if, if you're feeling the call, we'll see you in Austin, and uh, we'll get you trained to start facilitating your own events and maybe some even tribe designs. That's what's happening in Austin. Three people that have gone through the program are actually facilitating this event, and our intention is to show up as either supporters or uh, special guests, but more as a um, as experiencing the experience as an attendee, like maybe you who's listening will be. So if you're ready to celebrate life in a tribe design in one of the greatest places on earth, the greatest time to be there, I'm trusting I'll see you in my inbox or I'll see an application from you. And we'll get ready to party in all the cool ways. In all the ways that make everything better. This is not like an experience of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's like what happens at a tribe design upgrades everything forever. Hmm. Aloha, y'all. Keep breaking normal.